0: Get so drunk that your hangover almost causes an international incident? Me neither.
1: The Ballast Point deal is closed. How kings and convicts are going to bring back the sculpting. And
0: an inside look at online beer trading.
1: This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. The answer to the question, what if the two old men on the balcony from the Muppets had a beer podcast? I'm Jeremy Jones.
0: (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You like that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. Get off my lawn.
0: <laughs> and I'm Tyler Zimmerman.
1: How you doing this morning, Tyler?
0: Oh, pretty good. How are you? Uh,
1: it's been the it's been a rough week, but I'm getting through it. It's 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 uh, it, it's been a challenge all through the all through the week. But hey, you brought a basically a 12 percent coffee imperial stout.
0: 11 percent to,
1: to start my day off with. So I, f- I have a feeling that things are gonna get just. A little bit smoother throughout the day. Yeah,
0: and this is how much we dedication we have to our listeners. Life got busy with both of us, so we couldn't do it at our normal time. So we're doing it at nine a.m. on a Saturday. This is for actually, you. This is actually
1: not uncommon. We, I, especially this year, for some reason, I feel like we've done about half of the these podcasts before ten a.m. So yeah. you know,
0: and the odd part is it always falls on a week that I'm the one bringing a beer, so I then have to stop at like nine eight like. 8 30 in the morning somewhere and grab beer and then you just feel like a raging alcoholic grabbing an imperial stout at like 8 in the morning tyler
1: be honest with thyself even if there was no podcast you'd still be in line at like (laughs) 9 in the morning getting your beer because you are a raging alcoholic
0: no if i didn't have the beer i wanted at home i would just switch to whiskey
1: (laughs) fair enough all right let's get into it
0: so first up the real-life hangover slash coronavirus freakout. Um.
1: <laughs> I figured it was only a matter of time before we had to start, start talking about the coronavirus and not just its effects on a certain Mexican beer brand.
0: Yeah, which actually, their sales have bumped if but, you look at IRI sales.
1: I mean, so. at, this, at this point in time, it's almost the joke. I mean, it's yeah. gone past the a few idiots asking if you can get the coronavirus. From Corona. And now it's like, we're drinking the coronavirus. Yeah. Because that's how beer works. (laughs) We don't give a fuck. (laughs)
0: Uh, But no, this is from the good people at Barstool Sports where I saw this article. Um, A London woman and her friend were flying back from Cambodia on vacation back to Britain, had a layover in Singapore, and decided to tie one on while they had the layover in Singapore that night.
1: That's what I would do if I had to
0: on a layover, you just get hammered.
1: And especially if you're on a layover in Singapore, let's break let's break out the Cobra whiskey.
0: And I think it was like basically almost like a full day layover from just kind of reading this article. So because they said before heading for the airport in Singapore to fly back to Britain, they were throwing up in the hotel because they hadn't eaten and just had way too much to drink. They had to be <laughs> at the airport at 6 a.m. So they barely had any sleep. And we're just super hungover. Uh, you know what? I actually can't identify with this. This is... hundred
1: oh, as much, percent. As much as I want to be like, you fucking idiots. like oh okay. No, I have told... Le- that, that I, I have been that person.
0: Yeah. I mean, I told you about when I was flying back from New Orleans, there was a guy on the plane that threw up twice before we took off. <laughs> yes. On the plane. And then a couple times in air. So, I'm, I'm like, I can see this. Uh... Their mistake came when they figured they might be able to land a seat upgrade on the plane by saying that Julia Walton wasn't feeling well. So she asked the Stuart if they had any acetaminophen and maybe somewhere to lie down. Thinking they'd up bump her to business class, And but they asked if she felt unwell. Panic <laughs> ensued. <laughs> Listen, this-, this is... Read the
1: room (laughs) This is not the right time to go I'm feeling kind of sick before my international flight
0: Six months ago They probably would have bumped you in a business class Or just been like here's some water Here's some ibuprofen Fuck off
1: Not the right time to go I'm right before my international flight I'm feeling a little bit sick
0: Yeah Uh, So panic ensues Uh, Her and her friend are protesting Trying to explain that they just had too much to drink the night before Um and they were tired and hungover, but they moved everyone on their row away and made her lie down. Oh, Jesus. Uh, they also asked her to put a mask on and started taking my temperature every 30 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. All right
1: and I, wa- I just want to, I mean, it's, we all know it, but let's just, let's just appreciate the fact she's
0: hungover as fuck right now. <laughs> and so she can't sleep off the hangover because every 30 minutes they're taking her oh. temperature And the readings were really up and down, according to the article. It was horrendous on a 14-hour flight. Oh, my God. That Uh, means
1: they were taking her temperature... I can't do math right now, but 38 times.
0: Yeah, 38 (laughs) times. Or not 38, 28 times. Yeah.
1: Math is hard for me right now.
0: (laughs) Uh, They then told her they were in touch with doctors on the ground at Heathrow, uh, and they'd be waiting for me. It was such a panic. Uh, They then made... Everyone, including us, fill out forms stating where we had traveled from, our addresses, and if we had symptoms. People were putting on double masks around me because they thought I had coronavirus. (laughs) Then, once they landed, they shuffled everyone else off the plane. uh, And then the pair was escorted off by doctors and firefighters in hazmat suits. It gets better. We're then sent... They were then sent to a place near the airport that looked like it was under construction with scaffolding on the outside, told not to open the blinds, and not to tell our family and friends too much, just to say we were fine and would be home soon. Oh my god. (laughs) I was like, I feel like you're going to get whacked in a mobster movie right there. This is not like the weird, wacky
1: hijinks of the Hangover movie. This is almost like...
0: (laughs) This we, is like plague
1: meets the hangover. And pl- by the way, if you, 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 you're the way your brain works when you're hungover, which is not well, I know a part of you is going, am I going to die? I mean, oh, 100%. <laughs> am I, am, if, this, if this is where it ends,
0: am I just going to be disappeared? <laughs> uh, they go, it was like a ghost town in there and all the medics were wearing spacesuits. Okay. Uh, but they were able to find some light in it. Uh, we ordered room service with Corona to drink," she said. <laughs> uh, still, the staff wasn't taking any chances, though. Uh, they said they would knock three times, and they had to wait for one minute before opening the door. And but they did tweet out a picture of them in the hospital quarantine, oh, look- drinking Corona.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I. Dearly appreciate that when they selected hair of the dog. I mean it. It shows a it shows a sense of humor that I I'm not sure I would possess at that point in time. Although at that point in time, maybe after,
0: after a 14 hour flight I, of being poked and prodded, I'd probably just be like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just gonna double down on it. Give me the corona. <laughs> I better have it now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna be pissed if I don't have the virus. I don't know how, but I'm gonna be pissed.
0: And yeah, so I'm like. Holy shit, I've never got that messed up and been that hungover that I caused an international incident.
1: I mean, here's the thing. I I believe that you have been that level of hungover. You just haven't said the magic words to cause an international incident yet. Yet. I have faith in you, Tyler.
0: See, now, why couldn't the people on the plane been like when I was flying back from my bachelor party and one of my buddies was sitting there, eyes closed, headphones in, just looking like absolute dog shit. And the sweet old lady right next to him, instead of being like, do you got coronavirus? Taps him on the shoulder and goes, looks like you had a rough time and hands him a bottle of Excedrin.
1: Because you were coming back from New Orleans after Mardi Gras. You were not the only people on that plane hating life at that moment. Everybody Everybody knew that the people on that plane that looked like
0: barely functioning death... We everybody knew what had happened. Coronavirus to you. couldn't survive in their body. <laughs> 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 their body can barely survive. Fair enough. But so moral of the story: If you're hungover and trying to get an upgrade to business class or something, don't say you feel sick when there's a over media hyped, overblown plague spreading around i mean it's just
1: it's just a good idea in general that if there's if the word pandemic is being thrown around a lot in the media maybe wait till next time to see if you can't get that upgrade
0: just pay for the upgrade kid
1: so what do we got next jeremy well actually i wanted to like cycle back because we completely forgot to actually talk about what we were drinking we just uh we we commented that we were starting off the day with uh, some eleven percent beers and uh, this, you know yeah. we're gonna, uh, going about it, but I don't want to take us st- to uh, a moment to appreciate what you brought us. This is the uh, buried treasure imperial stout, barreled
0: treasure, barreled
1: treasure. Get the
0: pun, motherfucker, dude.
1: I am, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not there. I am, a, I, I, I am basically skin covering misery right now.
0: So <laughs> it is a imperial stout aged in both bourbon and rum barrels. And then uh, hit with cold brew coffee.
1: I mean, it's there's a decent amount. Of, there's a lot of coffee. I get like the like the roasty, caramelly stout um, kind of propping up. Yeah, almost like a pure shot of espresso coffee. Um, the bourbon is very, very subtle. subtle. The rum, I don't pick up hardly at all, except in like. Just like a general, I think that's where like some of the caramel sweetness is. Coming I was going to say
0: it's that little sweetness towards the back end that at least is what I'm assuming the rum barrel is. Just yeah. from uh, at County Line, we had used some rum barrels at one time, and the rum gave it a sweetness.
1: That's where I yeah, I think that's where I'm tasting. It's like the, kind of a general sweetness with a little like touch of vanilla. That also could be the bourbon, but I mean, yeah, it's quite complex. Roasty coffee, caramely, vanilla, like very light fruit, but that's that's quite uh, that's quite nice, and is definitely helping out, uh, helping us get through this. All right, helping or
0: making it harder,
1: <laughs> helping or hindering. You know what? Either way, I'm feeling better. All right. Um, <clears throat> the uh, The next thing we got here, uh, the uh, the sale of Ballast Point to the uh, little known uh, uh, brewery out in Chicago, uh, Kings and Convicts officially uh, closed on Monday.
0: Also, one quick thing. I'm a little bummed that the month of February, we didn't have a Deadpool hit. We didn't at all. January, we had three. (laughs) February, nothing. Let's see what March holds.
1: I mean, we're almost... Well, I was about to say we're almost halfway through. We're a week in when nothing's happened, so let's... uh, It's... You know what? It's going to really piss you off if you lost, like, your... No one buys anybody, like, January? it. Because of January? And, it, and it, it was just January, and the rest of the year there's nothing. You're going to be like, motherfucker. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> anyway. But the nice part is, neither of us will end in a fucking tie.
1: True. Um, anyway, so if you've not been listening to the podcast or paying attention to beer news, first of all... Um, Welcome to the podcast. This is where me and Tyler uh, BS about uh, craft beer bullshit over uh, over beer. Um, uh, the uh, uh, last year, uh, Ballast Point, in a move that nobody nobody was ex- anticipating, uh, was purchased from Constellation Brands by a brewery called uh, Kings and Convicts. Um, for the for the uh, for comparison, um, Kings and Convicts
0: is smaller than most local breweries in the Valley.
1: They didn't produce a thousand barrels of beer the year they bought uh, ballast point. So, I mean, that's, that's fairly tiny, but um, yeah, go back. Not going to get way into that because it's, that's almost a whole podcast in itself. And we've covered it before, but um, the, uh, the deal has finaled and industry sources have said that the, the, the number they still haven't got the exact number, but the the number is about sixty eight million dollars and several years of hop contracts, which is the which is now Tyler is making a doing the face palm, going oh my fucking god and correct. So here's what happened. Um, among the things We
0: caught it for under a hundred mil.
1: Yes, and a shit ton of hops. Um, what what had happened? was, um, uh, Constellation had, so, uh, for those of you who, uh, um, for, for those of you who don't know, um, hops, a lot of breweries will buy hops on contract and essentially what they're doing is they are, uh,
0: guaranteeing the hop sa- producer a sale for X amount of hops. So let's say 10,000 pounds of this hop we will purchase throughout this year if we don't purchase it all at year end you send it all and then we pay for it and we figure out what to do with it
1: essentially yes um and these and you're often making these like these contracts for years in advance i mean 5 year contracts are not unheard of so imagine like looking at your brewery especially if you're you know a small to mid-range brewery going how many of x hop am i going to need in 5 years so
0: And hope you're close.
1: And hope you're, yeah, somewhere within the wheelhouse. Um, Spoiler alert, Constellation, when they did that, and these are five-year contracts, didn't quite hit the number right. In (laughs) fact, they were way off. Um, And so the amount of hops uh, that Ballast Point um, uh, ended up having to purchase is astronomical. Um, The good news is, is that... Um, kings and convicts were able to get with the hop producers and renegotiate the contracts down quite a lot. Okay. Um, and part of that was basically they kind of came out came in here and said hey listen guys, um, so we're not Constellation um, we can't we can't drop shit tons of money on hops that we are not going to use. Um, can we find a deal?
0: And even if you still have to end up Eating some of those hops, you can turn around and sell them on the secondary market like Lupulin Exchange and different things like that.
1: There's something – stuff you can do with them, yeah. And, and depending – and a lot of these contracts are, uh, are for hops like CTZ or Magnum, Centennial. I mean these are very common hops that, I mean, that you can usually find – people they're common hops they're in demand especially if if you can you can offload them at a deal and by the way these contracts um, they're they are buying them for like about half of market price mm-hmm. so you know you can you could probably still sell them for some some profit so having the contract um, in and of itself is not necessarily a bad deal provided that you can um, that, them. say provided that a that either a you can brew enough beer to use them or b you can offload them um which uh then w- that brings us to the question all right kings and convicts or hey any small brewery you now own a brewery the size of ballast point and the last few i mean you you own a brand that is um th- that is legendary within the craft beer um community
0: but, but rusted,
1: but it's 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 struggling. It's it's struggling, um, and um and how so? How do you bring it back? And the answer is this is this is their plan. Now, first thing they're going to do, and I did not know this, but um, Constellation, um when they when they purchased uh, Ballast Point in 2018, they did a reorganization and essentially fired all the salespeople.
0: I remember hearing about that.
1: Um, I missed that. Um, but...
0: Well, it, we also talked about on one of the podcasts where you talked Where... it. I think it was like the Staring into the Abyss podcast. Oh, I think... I, where we read that art... Where we talked about that article where they were just dumping all the barrels at Ballast Point. Oh, that was... Yeah, I and think... And they brought that up in there, too.
1: I think... So. I, I think you're... Yeah. So, spoiler alert, I don't listen to our podcasts either. Um... <laughs> I'm just I'm just here for these. Um, That's my rule. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Nobody's No one's driving this bus. It just careens wildly. and you get it, and it kind of works out. <laughs> um, the first thing they're doing is hiring salespeople, which I think is huge because. Um, if you if if you know, I mean, the competitive market that craft beer is. If you don't have somebody on the ground, like going to bars and restaurants and tap rooms,
0: bar managers buy from people who are in front of them. It is very much still that down home face to face industry where you can send your distributor rep in there every week and they won't buy anything. You send the brewery rep in there to keep. For a couple weeks to keep that beer on that manager's mind and holy shit the keg sold i i mean that's i it works mm. as someone who
1: is who uh, <laughs> who has spent quite a lot of years uh buying beer yeah i tend to buy more beer from the breweries that i see on a regular basis why because someone's coming in saying hey we're coming out with this 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 and this in the coming weeks um you know you should keep an eye out for it. And most of the time what they're, what they're coming out with is good. I go, good. I'll keep an eye out for that and, and buy it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just how it works. And yeah, it's, it is that, it is that like face, face to face thing to keep it in your mind because otherwise you are just another column in a long, long list. Most of these distributors have shit, at least 20 craft brands. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just being the face to that, brand is huge um so that's the 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 first thing they'll be doing um investments in in marketing digital print other media you know they're they're especially uh, putting a lot of money reinvigorating the uh the sculpin brand that's their flagship ipa um and one of their best known beers and one of the, really one of the, like the top
0: west coast ipas, IPAs yeah
1: um and plus all their variants i sort of kind of miss uh the the grapefruit sculpin habanero sculpin you can still get grapefruit sculpin mm-hmm. here in town although every once in a while i'll like i kind of want a six-pack and i'll look at the dates I'll like i don't want a six-pack anymore nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> um uh their other focus will be on their new quote brewer series their um uh their kind of their special release lineup the first beer under this uh their the new owners will be the grinner ipa uh to be released on draft later um these are mostly like draft only uh draft only special releases uh, available only for their you know for key accounts you know their your uh tap rooms bottle shops you know places where people go to get craft beer uh just to keep their to keep their uh keep their brand in front of the the, the people who love craft beer. Um, one thing I really did appreciate that the one thing they are not going to do, can you guess it? Grocery stores? Hard seltzer.
0: Oh, thank God.
1: <laughs> Part of you was waiting for me to go. And guess what else they're going to do? <laughs> yeah. It starts with a hard and sel- and ends with a god damn it. <laughs> they are not uh, and they were very uh, uh, one of the uh, now owners of the brewery was very clear on this um not gonna do hard seltzer quote it's just not us um we're going to focus on what ballast point does well namely craft beer um and so uh, I do dearly appreciate that they are I
0: can respect that
1: I yeah because it well it shows it shows two things number one um, that the, at this point in time, everybody hopping on the, uh, on the hard seltzer brand, I don't think it's going to yet another one's going to do much. And I think, I think that, that, um, that view of, listen, um, we have a brand for the longest time made good quality beer, still does make good quality beer. We're going to focus on that, focus on marketing that, and then we're going to grow from there. And their focus is... Uh, just is just, you know, good, steady growth, rebuilding the brand. Um, especially in California, uh, they're going to be spending a lot of, uh, a lot of their time, um, building that local community back up. Um, and also they're going to, uh, 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 they're going to focus a lot on their hometown of Chicago. Um, they're going to keep the five tap rooms they still have open in California um, keep them going. One note, one thing they are doing that I think is kind of cute: uh, they do have a tap room currently under operation in Chicago, but they're going to uh, basically um, redo it to give it more of a Chicago feel. Right now, they say Ballast Point has this like West Coast California feel to it when you're going in. And their response is,
0: "It's Chicago. Yes,
1: we're you're in Chicago now, bitches. You're gonna look like Chicago, and they're gonna like redo it so it kind of fits that aesthetic. So just political corruption and a lot of wind. Fuck yes. Plus, you know, I don't know, fat pizza (laughs) and and you know, horrible rainstorms and nor'easters and the whole the the, the whole thing. Um, But that basically they're going. You know, this is going to be." They're gonna make Ballast Point look like kings and convicts, and nice. that's and that's the brand they're going for. And I, you know what, I I, I kind of like that. Uh, the that Chicago pub is uh, that the is gonna reopen by early April. So, I look forward to uh, to the pictures to see what it looks like. So by early happened. May. Yes, <laughs> that's. I think that's what we're. I think that's what we're
0: going for. Yep. <laughs> All right, Tyler. What's next? So what? Next is we're doing a little inside dive on the world of online beer trading, and no, Renee is not in here.
1: I mean, only not for lack of try. Although, I, I mean, Renee's Renee's retired. Re- Renee's retired. <laughs> He's been in and out of retirement for like what five years now. Yeah,
0: fucking Brett Favre over there. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I saw this article on the Eater uh, where they. The headline is, Inside the Members Only World of Online Beer Trading. Uh, If you've been in craft beer for a while, you know that there's a whole secondary market, whether it's reselling the beer, which some breweries get really pissed off seeing people resell their product. And rightly so. I mean, I... I... 100% because if someone gets burnt with a beer that's not worth $300 for a bottle, they then don't blame the person that sold it to him they blame the brewery and the brewery charges 20 bucks for the bottle so
1: and there's just something just inherently shitty about like you know i mean you you made the beer and you probably can't sell it for three hundred bucks a bottle, no, not without having to resort to like go I mean, without having to resort to a whole bunch of like practices you probably don't want to do as a brewery because you want to keep it open for your core customers. Hundred percent. So, I mean, there is something about there's just something like go fuck yourselves in the ass.
0: But a lot of breweries are fine with people doing what's referred to as beer trading. It's let's say Jeremy lived in Chicago. I was going to say, I actually did live in Omaha for a while, but, you know. Okay, yeah, Omaha. That, that Let's go Chicago, because Omaha doesn't have any beers that Fuck I want. Fuck
1: you. It has Nebraska Beer Company, if you don't, and if you haven't had their yes, shit. but,
0: <laughs> I get that, but let's say Chicago. Okay,
1: Chicago. I don't even know. If that, I, I, actually, I know Nebraska Beer Company better than anything in Chicago, to be honest. But,
0: but you could get three Floyds in Okay, Chicago. All
1: right, fair enough.
0: Could okay, you get it in Nebraska?
1: Uh, no, but I got a okay. lot of it because Indiana was right across the, was, I had to, I unfortunately spent a lot of time in Indiana and that was the only upside. <clears throat>
0: so, let, let's, let for this ex- <clears throat> explanation okay. theory, you live in Chicago, you can get three Floyds. I want, let's say, some Gumball Head. Uh, gumball
1: Head is delicious.
0: And some Dark Lord.
1: I've, let's let's imagine I spent uh, uh, the whole morning in in line to get Dark Lord. So yeah, yeah. I got Dark Lord and Ballhead.
0: But and let's flash back a couple of years before Firestone Walker really distributed to a lot of the Midwest states. Okay. So you want parabola? You've got Dark Lord. You reach out to me on a group, or we know each other. We text each other. We go, okay, here's the value of this beer. Here's the value of this beer. Let's match each other's values with different bottles that we've agreed on the value per bottle. Package it up. Send each package to each other. And it's kind of the auditor system. Uh, if you get burnt by someone, you trash their name. No one else will want to do a trade with them. The
1: yeah, there was always something about that culture that I found very charming because yeah, because you basically you are trading dollar for dollar, so it really is just a straight up.
0: Some places, and in this article, they never really brought up anyone who trade dollar for dollar. They did market value, so there's like Pliny the Younger's a perfect example is trading for like two hundred dollars a bottle. Oh, okay.
1: I mean, I guess I'm only familiar with the dollar th- for
0: dollar, th- th- and that's local- how I always traded beer was dollar for dollar, and then I would throw in a few local breweries. That's the part as I- freebies to just keep that relationship strong. Some stickers, some different swag, just to make them happy.
1: That was always the uh, the part of that culture that I found especially charming was like you'd get up, like a lot of people get packages, they, and they threw in this and threw in this, and there's just I mean, I, I was I'd almost be like. I, is there a way to like just send like a like like a random <laughs> I mean there's something he's like oh I want that beer and that beer but there's also like is there can I just get a random package that sounds
0: and I know like Renee's the perfect example there'd be times where he'd do trades of just local randoms mm-hmm. there wasn't anything big or special in it it was they just said okay we're each going to do a hundred dollars of value in just local beer send it off. Excellent. And it was crazy some of the just different one-off beers you could try that they thought were cool and yeah. wanted you to try and you thought were cool and wanted them to try.
1: I mean, bottom line, the beer trading like like many things, the beer trading community could be like really cool and like and like there's this like weird charm about it and support it could also be kind of ugly when, as you were talking about, people are like trying to sell highly sought-after beers for 300 bucks a bottle.
0: Yeah, and in this, they kind of focused on, okay, yeah, those beers like that, they're trading for $200 value, so someone has to come up with another 200 or fill it in with enough beers to justify it. Right. Uh, just so anyone knows, if they are going to get in beer trading, U.S. Post-Serv- Postal Service bans the shipment of any alcohol. But FedEx and UPS will ship it. They just can't know what's in there.
1: I mean, the, the the key word here is marinade. You're shipping marinade. I always said snow globes.
0: That way, if they hear a liquid sloshing around, they don't get suspicious. See, marinade isn't technically a lie.
1: <laughs> you can. Or live yeast samples. Live yeast samples is another one I've heard that is that uh, uh, that is if you if you have a if you have a moral uh, uh, objection to straight out lying. Technically
0: not a lie. In the article, they talk about how beer traders themselves have gained somewhat of an unflattering reputation. Uh, He said, the guy they were interviewing said, if he's going to paint with a broad brush, the usual type of a beer trader guy is a profiteering libertarian. Market sets the value. You can't tell me what to do with my bottle once I have that mentality. I mean... Which, I've ran into some of those, but... Most of the people I traded with were like, yeah, let's just go dollar for dollar, whatever the price tag says on that. Right. Now, if you get a discount off that price tag, the capitalist in me was like, okay, yep, still going to say that I paid this much for it, but I mean, it I, wasn't more than like a 10-15% discount, so
1: I mean, that's that, that's so low as to almost be like who gives a shit. Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: uh and for a long time, there were different avenues to be able to find beer to trade or find beer that you were looking for to trade. Uh, but once ABMB purchased Rape Beer, it blew its credibility with a lot of beer geeks. Uh, beer Advocate banned the community trades. Um, Reddit shut down its beer trading cub, uh, And so everything kind of got condensed down to members-only Facebook groups for beer trading. Uh, it sent everyone into a panic when Facebook started cracking down on the perch, the sale of alcohol and tobacco mm-hmm. through its groups. Shut down some high-profile whiskey trading groups, but never went after the beers. Uh, I think mostly in part because you're trading beer for beer, not necessarily beer for cash. Right. On those groups, once you get added as a member, you'll find different formats usually saying what they have for trade, saying ft so for trade this beer uh and the list off the beers they have for trade you can come to them with an offer and then once you kind of agree that you want to do a trade with each other you take it off the main page and go through private messaging or email or something like that um i like how like really cloak and dagger this shit is becoming i mean And that's, like, the article talks how it's just got so cloak and dagger. And we haven't even got to the real cloak and dagger shit yet.
1: Hit me. Let's do this shit. So,
0: but a little more. Okay, sorry. Uh, I'm going to also say ISO, so in search of. And so it's people going, hey, I'm in search of this. Hit me up if you have one and want to trade. I'll tell you what I got. There's people that have, like, Excel spreadsheets of, like, what their seller are. So they can just send you Mm -hmm. that and be like, pick what you want. That's, wow.
1: Um. I mean that does make things easier, not done it.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, once and then once it's agreed that these people are gonna trade, they'll post in the public post, say, Hey, trade's closed. We're negotiating right now. And move off. Um with this here, there are some groups called a beer razzle groups. They're a little more secretive. The razzles are just raffles. Um <laughs> It's so adorable. But they're trying to escape like the Facebook moderators shutting down the groups. Uh, And the article says, think Powerball, but for rare beer. Uh, It's essentially for people that can't afford to buy a secondary bottle for $450. um, Like the side project BBT. But you do want to try it. So a Razzler... (laughs) <laughs> Might pay $50 for a chance to win the bottle by picking a ball number. If it's pulled, they get the beer, and the cost of entry was just 50 bucks. This is based on, like, the actual lot They actually watched the lottery, or... So, in the spirit of simplicity and fairness, a lot of them have tied it to the real lottery. Okay. So that way they can't be called and be like, hey, no, you're friends with this guy, that's why he won. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you there's, just took my money and gave it to your buddy.
1: Right. So you actually have so you actually have a real life lottery thing. It's just mm-hmm. they're, they're they the people actually pulling the ball have no idea that there's a whole secondary market for what they're doing.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, there's one group on Facebook the article references called Candy this is out of Chicago. Candy Enthusiast. It suggests <laughs> selling slots tied to the Illinois Pick Three Lottery, and its profile picture is of the Candy Razzles. Um, I think I can't get over is like,
1: is, is how insidious the kind of, there's like this weird insidious tone over all of us, then how adorable the names are. Oh, <laughs> 100%. like there's like the secret beer trading group, you know, we're, we're, we're getting away from the man. We're going to trade our beer. What do we call it? The
0: Razzies. Oh, uh, we're Razzlers. <laughs> Join,
1: join, join the Razzlers.
0: They have developed a negative reputation, according to the article. (laughs) Oh,
1: people people are mad at
0: the Razzles. But it's also a little more democratic because it's not necessarily, you set the entry price and then it's not someone who's a better negotiator swindling someone who just really wants to try a mediocre beer. Uh, And they do say, if you win the Razzle, it's almost more intense than having bought it outright. I mean, I can see that, yes. Even it's, if you end up paying like the same amount, like it would have been sold at the event before, yeah. just it's the gambling aspect. Yeah, there's that. I'll get your dopamine up and running. Um, then they talk about um, a couple websites that will basically sell the beer on the secondary market and just take a commission off that, uh, which we talked about. Not all breweries are stoked with. Uh, They did talk to one brewery uh, seller maker uh, who is against the resale of beer for cash, but doesn't oppose beer to beer trades, but loves seeing those beer to beer trades where, because they don't distribute wide out, can't afford those big deals. And so, love seeing people in a couple states away drinking their beer, enjoying it, having fun, respecting their craft. And. So they're excited to see, it. and a lot of breweries can't ship alcohol, mm-hmm. so not being able to do that, you really kind of have to rely on the beer trading community. Well, and I just and you just hope that it's done correctly.
1: There's some again. There's just something inherently charming. Well, first of all, there I, I, I like the idea. I always like the idea that there are beers that you can't get everywhere, um, and that there are still there's still like this mystique of ooh when I go to. I don't know, fucking Chicago. I guess I was gonna say Nebraska, Wisconsin, but you go somewhere. There's still shit you can't get somewhere. Yeah, and I like that. I, that I like that idea of being able to go somewhere. Sometimes just fucking Oregon. You know, you go down to Oregon, and there and, and there are things available there that you can't get, even if even if it's just from small tap rooms that you fill a growler or a crowler of and bring it back home and
0: sit down with some friends and be like, yeah. "Dude, I got this. You have to try it."
1: Yeah, it's just you know this t- tiny brewery almost run out of this guy's garage, but look what they're making. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's and just, that's
0: what craft beer is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so there's something just like very charming about the 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 whole. You know, I. I I kind of lived vicariously. We mentioned Renee. We have uh, uh we have a few uh friends here in the beer community that do that did or do beer trading. Renee being the more uh, uh vocal or uh, uh uh being being the the voice among uh. In fact, I think you basically uh you were into beer trading, but you were basically beer trading through Renee. If I'm not mistaken, I did
0: a, most of mine with Renee, where we'd split it because the expensive part of beer trading is not actually buying the beer. It's shipping. It's the 50 to to $100 worth of shipping yeah. to get all those beers, plus all the packing, packaging materials to make sure it doesn't break. Because then if it breaks, you're now looking like shit if you don't send another bottle. And you may not have another bottle. Oh, okay, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, I did a good amount with him. Uh, and then I also met a couple people where I... Trade just directly through them and me. Um, And actually, one of the beers I sent as a freebie was a Velvet Merkin. Because I had just a plethora of them. I wasn't a huge fan. And I knew he couldn't get it out in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Sent it off to him. Stoked to get that. Just pumped. And actually, the day he proposed to his now wife... They popped open oh, that bottle and sent me a picture. Oh, that's goddamn adorable. And we're like, you know, we had to celebrate with this beer. It's, it was worth every... Aww. And so, you you develop these connections with people that you trade with. And so, yeah, seeing that, I was like, that that was worth giving up a $15 bottle. That you didn't particularly... Weren't all that stoked yeah. out anyway. So.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, that's, again... Part of the uh, – the sto- stories like that and that's in and Renee would have stories and a few other people I know in town that – they'd always have these stories about shit they got for free or shit they would send for free and then the reaction they get back.
0: Oh, and it was – it almost – especially with like Renee and some of the people he traded with, it was almost a constant contest of <laughs> – That's right, Who yeah. could one-up each other with the freebies?
1: Oh, yeah. I got that aspect of it where you almost like – You're almost from the satellite going, dudes, calm it down. Quit this. (laughs) You're hosing down the walls with this weird testosterone generosity. (laughs) You're almost like, fuck him. Fuck him. He added like five awesome bottles for nothing. This is pissing me off.
0: I got to send six next time. (laughs) You're like, we need to do another trade soon. Because this local brewery just released this killer beer that I'm going to like now send for free. And plus this beer and this beer and this beer. You are not going to out-generosity me. Plus, I'm going to throw a tin-tacker in there. Eat it, bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's, I hope you like it, because you're the awesomest dude ever. I mean, aggressively generous. Yeah. Like, a lot of uh, the world's problems would be solved if everyone just took the aggressively generous approach. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you have a strange
1: new problem, but I mean, it... <laughs> but a
0: lot of I'm not I, saying every problem but
1: I mean it does put it does put an interesting spin on you know the on um, socioeconomic uh, uh, issues worldwide no 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 fuck it i'm going to reduce tariffs even more you know what there will be no tariffs fuck you, <laughs> you know
0: fuck you and i'm not going to charge you to ship it in
1: <laughs> and then the people are going like <laughs> What's going on? Uh, well, it got really weird in the UN, actually. <laughs> uh, China and the United States, uh, it almost came to blows over how much shit they could send each other. So, um,
0: apparently, now we don't have to pay for anything. <laughs> yeah,
1: so we've <laughs> entered like a worldwide utopia where, like, every country just sends everything else they need to support. We're like, life. oh,
0: Africa, you need some wheat? Got it. We got it. We got your fucking wheat, Africa. We're going to send all of it. Fuck you. Australia, you need water? Done. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I again, it's weird I, we're, I support this though. I support this. Um, uh I know that every uh ma- leader of every major world power listens to this as well you should. Uh, <laughs> this is our um this is our uh remedy for all the ills of the world. You are welcome. Follow the beer traders. Two guys in Idaho solve this shit. All right. Uh, one more thing uh, to uh, end, this, end the uh, end the day with. I'm um, going to have to bring it down a little bit. Uh, the hashtag Me Too hits craft beer news now. Um, and here's the moment that everyone's been waiting for, uh, where two white guys uh, talk about how what they think about sex discrimination in the industry of craft beer. I know everybody's been waiting for this.
0: Here comes the eggshells. <laughs>
1: Um, this, but it was actually, uh, came from an extremely well-written article in Forbes by, uh, uh, Nara Turin, um, entitled, uh, the hashtag, uh, movement is coming to craft beer. Will it arrive before all the women leave? Um, and the article basically goes over, um, several stories from women in the, in the craft beer industry that have gone every gone through either like horrific experiences and to i mean to almost like this is what it's like for women in craft beer um and i i bring it up not you know not not in like saying not to say to like come out and say you know uh this is why i think this is bad cuz i think it goes without saying that it it's bad um most people i think want craft beer to be an inclusive environment despite it being kind of a refuge for beardy white dudes Um, what are you saying (laughs) that you're a beardy white dude (laughs) look i'm bringing some diversity to this i can't grow a beard so (laughs) that unfortunately is a little bit of diversity in our (laughs) you get a look you get a picture of all the like the head brewers in boise and you've got you know 30 beardy dudes um, I think two women and then me, who can't grow a beard, and maybe Mark from uh, now screw loose or whatever it's loose called. Screw. Loose yeah. screw, yes. <laughs> it's just me and Mark, who you know are are cursed with. I don't know if he, he might be able to grow a beard. Maybe he just chooses not to. But anywho, um, but um, no, but I but there is there is a uh, a a um, there is a desire to to want craft beer to be inclusive to uh, a whole range of people, um, and that. And, and uh, you know that's obviously a good thing, um, and it's just worth acknowledging that these stories exist. Hundred um, percent. Not you know not yeah you know, because these are these are stories from our colleagues, um, our you coworkers. You wish they
0: didn't exist, but
1: but they do, and it's worth acknowledging. Um, and that's kind of why I'm bringing it up. The article starts with a, actually a chilling story of uh, Natalie Phillips, who started at Actual Brewing in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, she went public with uh, allegations. <laughs> that the owner of the brewery, Fred Lee, uh, reportedly or repeatedly tried to rape her. Um, according to an article in the Columbus Alive, um, she got the job as a sales rep for actual brewing. Um, they were having a, they were having a basically a party in the brewery, you know, celebrating somebody joining the crew. Um, there was quite a lot of beer, as is there's, you know, tends to happen mm-hmm. in uh, craft beer. We like beer. Um, the the actual brewing had this like sleep it off room in the brewery, basically a little room off the, uh, you know, out of, out in the back of the uh, brewery where they had a bed and it was just for kind of what it sounds like. It was for anybody, especially it was for any staff who had had too much to drink to go there and
0: instead of trying to drive home. Yeah. Great, great idea and concept.
1: Very good idea and concept. Unfortunately, um, the owner, you know, allegedly a bit rapey about it. Um, she had too much to drink and went to the room to sleep it off and woke up to find the owner on top of her with, uh, with trying to, uh, try to get his hands down her pants. Um, she, what the fuck? She, uh, uh pushed him off and, and, uh, and, you know, got out of there. Um, the thing is, is like, this was like the first of like at least two times that this sort of thing happened. Um, and, The you know the article kind of says like she put up with it the first time, basically. And there's like an over there. There is a theme in there about the women, the stories of these women, basically saying that we don't want to be that person who's complaining about, you know, that we don't want to be a the
0: not seen as like a team player. Right. We don't want
1: to get the stigma of like of being the you know the whiny woman who who you know was complaining about
0: but that this, situation
1: that but yeah i think we can all agree that that for is just absolutely awful
0: but anyway i mean i've never had to go through something like that i couldn't fathom like what was running through her head and i mean i just wish i i feel a lot of the issues with the lack of diversity and issues like this and the issue we talked about with the founders case, or uh, I've read an article that the Molson Coors shooter had a noose put in his locker. Yeah. You mentioned uh, that, which is holy shit balls. And there's a lot of racist things that were happening at that thing at that plant. There's, and I've, I've seen brewery owners on Twitter talk about this. You have to develop the right culture. Yes. And the brewery owner's job is to foster the correct culture. Absolutely. And yeah. so if it's coming down where the owner's trying to do something like that, I lose a lot of respect for that brewery.
1: Um, luckily, the uh, the uh, brewery is no longer a thing. Um, Absolute Brewing it filed for bankruptcy. Um, not necessarily because of this, although in the article, um, Phillips um I mean, she says she feels a lot, I mean, she has conflicted feelings, obviously, when she came forward, she said it was the right thing to do, because she, as she described it, it was kind of, she kind of found it was this open secret, that there was this guy, you know, it didn't really specify what the, what it was, but it, you know, at best case scenario, there was a guy that you just avoided because he's a creep, at worst case scenario, hey, don't find yourself alone with this dude.
0: What the fuck?
1: So it was kind of yeah. It was a, they just the, the article described it as an open secret that this guy was out running around, um, but and of course and of course the uh, um, the Fred Lee who owned the brewery denies these allegations, um, and this is still a this is still he an can't on- see gender. Yeah, sh- this is a, still an ongoing this is still an ongoing investigation, um, but it is it. Uh, Phillips expect you know she says it's conflicted because obviously she felt she needed to come forward but she does she she does feel a little bit of regret for the people who lost their jobs which like any any functional human should i think that blame more falls on the rapey fucking owner yeah. who should- which
0: from my perspective it is better to not endanger other people at that brewery and if those people who did lose their jobs are worth their weight. Another brewery will hire them.
1: Um, but this was just like the one, I mean, this was like the 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 most chilling and the most awful story. Mostly what the article was about was, I mean, still awful situations. But, um, I mean, the, the, the it goes into the story of uh, Allison Higgy. Who uh, she is? She is brewed. She's a head brewer, and she has brewed in five different countries, including this one. Oh damn! Which, which the tra- one of the tragic parts about this story is. Wait, I want to hear, hear her story about brewing in five different countries. Yeah, it's a. It's kind of a shame that the only way I've heard of her is because she's come forward with um with allegations. I. That's the least interesting thing about her. I'm like, what, tell me, tell me everything about brewing in um in uh. In one of the countries was the Philippines. oh um, but she was um, she was uh, uh, constantly having to defend women uh, working with her mm-hmm. against all sorts of shit. when she came to the states hoping it would be better it wasn't uh, you know one of the stories she tells about meeting with a uh, a, uh, a wholesaler who kept on asking her questions on you know are you married? are you know uh-huh. you're, you're very pretty. you should have
0: sleazebag. You shouldn't have
1: any trouble finding a husband. Um, talks about the, uh, story of, uh, Sarah, Sarah de Neor, um, who was, uh, at West Coast Grocery, um, the head brewer there, uh, allegedly spent three hours drinking beer, asking to see her tits. Um, the kind of tragic part of that is she's got a terminal illness that affects her body symmetry and she's really self-conscious about it. So it seems less of like, Ooh, I want to see boobies. More like some creep going. What's going on You're in there? Freak show, yeah. Yeah, that's and, fucked up. Um, the 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 awkward situation the owner of that brewery found himself in is was the fact that he has a head brewer that has won multiple awards. Um, acting like a creep, um, he didn't the he didn't fire him at first. Um, instead, like try to had him doing um, sensitivity classes that kind of thing until uh, uh, Sarah Deor brought her brought her story public at which point in time the uh, the owner fired him yeah well at which point in time you know that's where it kind of goes it kind of gets into uh, you know the, the cancel culture question though I you know it's again this is this is where you find yourself in an awkward situation that you wouldn't find yourself in this is why as you said building a good culture is important. Because it stops this sort of horse shit before you find yourself having to choose between your head brewer who's award winning and doing the human thing. Um, so um, and there's just it's a bunch of stories like this. And I don't think there's a lot of a lot of, again, I didn't want to say, you know, this not so much, is this good, is this bad? This is, this is just what's happening. One interesting thing though I did kind of want to like bring up is kind of a question. One of the uh, uh, the 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 stories they brought up um, was actually with uh, uh, a woman named uh, I'm gonna butcher uh, how to say her name, Melissa Papilia. Um, she uh, has an Instagram account. Um, she is a very attractive lady, and her thing <laughs> is is she. Uh, I mean, she, very. I
0: remember seeing her on something because, like, some. I think it was when Brewbound Podcast had the thing where they were shitting on all the, like, female beer influencers who had the Instagram accounts and just being like, oh, yeah, you guys just use your tits for everything and different shit like that. And I was like, what the fuck? And, like, all of them came back and were like, you know, here is our resume, basically. Like, we know what the fuck we're talking about.
1: I mean, this, this fuck, that, that's where I get thorny. And that's where I kind of, I mean... It's where, I mean, it's where I kind of want to like go kind of like, nope, nope, I'm out. I'm going to grab this beer. I'm going to drink it. You people sort this out. Um, is it a cop out? You betcha. Um, but also because I can kind of weirdly see where everybody's coming from on like this issue. Yeah. So, I mean, so like kind of Tyler suggest, kind of hinted at, basically she has an Instagram account where she poses uh, provocatively with craft beer. You know, it's it's Instagram. There are many, you know, that's that's. What, There's
0: way more provocative pictures you will find on Instagram. I was gonna say, so. yeah,
1: um, she's a pretty lady who 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 posts with craft beer, and as a guy who likes both craft beer and pretty ladies, I sort of approve. Yeah, um, but um, I mean, she's getting a lot of backlash from uh, women in the community, basically, like saying, you know, quit sexual, you know, quit, you know, you're creating a culture of sexualizing women. To which her reply is not. You know, incorrectly, my body, my choice, yep.
0: my and, and fucking if Instagram. You are, I was going to say, if a woman is comfortable with her body and wants to do that, I have no problem with it. I mean, yeah. It's, again, that's where it's
1: like a really thorny issue because I, it, I definitely see the other side where it's like, you know,
0: where... We she, don't want the Bud Light commercials running for craft beer. Right.
1: But I mean, it's,
0: again, it's... Or it was Miller Light who had the twins. Yes. But...
1: I mean, it's, I, you know, it's like I not, don't, not see where, the, you know, women are going, listen, we are fighting to legitimize ourselves within the industry, and you're not helping that, um, which is totally a valid point. Um, um, but, uh, and I, again, Thorny, and I don't mm-hmm. know the answer other than... Mm-hmm.
0: I. Good luck. My whole um, thing would be, if, if you are going to try to be an Instagram beer influencer, uh, know what you're talking about, regardless if you pose provocatively or dress like a nun. I, I don't care. Know what the fuck you're talking about.
1: Fair. Um, I mean, that's just a good... That's a good uh, advice to being in anyway being involved with the industry at all. Um, and the... So I mean, there's that. Um, but overall, the, the you know what what you get is a bunch of. It, here's the thing, um, I don't think women are coming in wanting to change craft beer from what it is because the craft beer the craft beer industry is fun because it's irre- irreverent because it's fun because we make jokes. And most of the women I've met in the industry, I mean, not only do they not want you to stop making crude jokes when they enter the room, they're almost like, you better not stop making the crude They'll jokes. They'll make I, a
0: cruder joke. Yeah, I yeah.
1: mean, you know, and uh, there's two parts that's on, you know, the, the there's, you know... Be respectful. Th- I mean, well, the, the women coming into this know that they're that they're kind of sort of entering the boys' club. And for better or worse, they prep themselves for this. And, the, you know, there's stories after story of... of, of guys clearly over the line mm-hmm. and them putting up with it because they they don't want to be seen as the woman who come out who who comes out and and complains and, and then shakes the cage and yeah and is seen as the woman who quote couldn't take a joke and that's fucking heartbreaking
0: mm-hmm.
1: um because i think i mean it's a fun industry they want to be a part of it and it's in and, and And the the, the part I take, the only part of this issue I take uh, uh, with the article is, will it hit before all women leave? The answer is no, because they're coming. The industry is growing and it's becoming more diverse because the because for two reasons. Number one, it's growing and therefore more people are coming in from more backgrounds. That's a good thing. And also, I do think this this idea that people are pushing forward in craft beer that it is a place for not just the beardy white dudes but for everybody is real it is taking hold and people from all walks of life are trying to get involved and the answer is 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 that the it it is changing and um and that's
0: a good thing 100 uh this article did and i if i would have known we were going to talk about this i would have tried to find an i found an article probably six months ago um where it broke down kind of talking about some of almost the sexism in beer. Mm -hmm. And they interviewed people, and it was random customers coming in to a bar. They didn't. It was just random selection. Would interview them, ask them about these different beers, have them try it. And so people who weren't in the beer industry, when they found out the beer was made by a woman... Rank the beer lower than if it was made by a man.
1: You know, yeah, I've, 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 I've read and, something along those lines. But the
0: people that were in the industry. Who know that women are typically super smellers. Or super tasters. So they can pick up off flavors a lot easier than most men. Uh, as well as. It doesn't matter what fucking sex you are. If you can make a good beer. It's a still a fucking good beer. So when you look at the contrast between the consumer and the people in the industry, the people in the industry rank the beers the same no matter what. right? Uh, So I feel, yes, we need to create that culture to help keep things safe for everyone in whether you're white, black, Asian, male, female, uh, gender neutral, whatever – we we need to create that culture that we're all in this together, and then we also need to educate the customer that none of those have a variation on how the beer's made. It's all about making the best quality beer, and anyone can make the best quality beer.
1: Well, and and one of and one of my favorite uh, women in the industry, um, uh, Beth from Bear Island, loves to point out that. You know the, the the role of brewer was uh, was started by women. You know, I mean, this is this is uh, th- this is the women's domain that's been co-opted by men, and it's you know they're slowly kept uh, getting it back. They were they were called brewsters, mm-hmm. um, and you know this is this is natural progression. Yep. Um, so you know, like I, again, um, not uh, I just wanted to I, I thought the article was uh, poignant, and these are stories that I think we just need to keep in mind. Um, as we are going about our business and you know treat you know be be excellent to each other to uh, to crib a line from a movie that is essentially being remade i think or something or doing a sequel Uh, that makes me very upset but be excellent to each other i guess that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) Uh. all right tyler uh anything else today
0: uh nope that about wraps it up for me all right, well, this has been
1: It's All Beer. Um, as always, uh, we post our stories, that we post the articles we get for this podcast on Twitter. You can find us at It's All Beer One. Uh, we've got an Instagram account where uh, Tyler poses sexily next to our beer. You know, he shows a little skin, his nipples are poking out through his shirt. Um, Join anyway. It's not I could a- <laughs> cut glass. <laughs> I keep it cold in here just for that reason. (laughs) Uh, You can find us on Facebook uh, at It's All Beer. And, of course, uh, we love uh, suggestions about articles that we may have missed. And just uh, general communication. You can get a hold of us via email. uh, It'sallbeer at gmail.com. And, of course, as always, if you like what you're hearing, leave us a rating. Um, You can rate us on iTunes, on Facebook. I don't know. i was looking at Stitcher. I don't see. They, they, their rating system has, like, suddenly gone away. I don't know. Maybe ratings aren't even a thing anymore. Maybe maybe that's not even worth bringing up, but I have. And, you know what? We all have to deal with that. And uh, I guess that'll be all from us this week. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to drink a beer. Absolutely